Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash gray. Now, on to the episode. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. I heard <laughs> okay, you talk, good. you could finish, you were talking about um, the show that we did together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just talking about the Jubilee episode and... I guess let's just do a quick intro for anyone that doesn't know who you are. You are the pastor of the Renewed Church here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and you have an amazing project called Mama's House, yes? Called Mama's House, yes, which is a transitional living space for LGBTQ people, as well as um, people that are re-entering society from the prison system. It's so beautiful, and it, it was such an honor to meet you. Pastor, oh, Pastor yeah. Kurt, yeah, Pastor Kurt and I connected right away, just like, um, and also loved Miss, oh, I'm blanking on her name, the adorable student that was on our side as well. Oh, I can't remember her name Olivia, right now, Olivia. Olivia, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Incredible group of people. Um, during that debate, did you find any moments particularly challenging or triggering in any way? Or what, what was your overall feeling with the experience? Well, you know, there were a few challenging moments, I think, for, for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but particularly, um, I think that the three of us kind of, we came from a, um, a loving place. And there were people on the other side that came from a very vindictive place um, or kind of like a demanding place. Like, I don't care what you say, you're going to hell. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's what you think, God bless you. I'll see you in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, like, I... um... I'm not a marginalized person. I, a lot of the the trauma and difficulty I've had with church was surrounded by being a woman and sexuality and gender roles and, and things like that. So I definitely have gotten my fair share of religious and spiritual abuse, but it was mm-hmm. really hard to watch two queer people in real time being told they were going to hell for their sexuality, which would be you and Olivia. And then of course it came out in the episode, um, Angel came out to us and he was on the conservative side, like midway through this three and a half hour conversation that we were having. Right. What were your thoughts on that? Um, You know, um, Brian, I grieved for him for Angel because um, I know a lot of people that have been in the predicament or in the situation that he's in. And that's why I asked him, I said, you know, about living your in your truth. Like, 
I think one of the greatest things that you could ever do is to be you. And so anything um, outside of you authentically being you um, is holding yourself prisoner um, for something that you really don't even have to be imprisoned by. Like you can, so I think that he's imprisoning himself, you know, by trying to be something that he's not because that's the sin. The sin is to, to not be who you were created to be. And so that's why when he said, oh, I'll never get married or I'll never, you know, have a relationship. I'm like, why not? If God created you in your heart to love men, then love men. And if God created you in your heart to love women, love women. Like God ornately knows everything about us anyways. The Bible says he knows how many hairs we have on our head, even though I don't have any. But, um, but, um, I can count those. <laughs> but um, so if he knows all of that, then there's we don't have to present ourselves to God as a counterfeit. And I think that that's what happens you know, in the world is that people present themselves as counterfeits instead of showing up as their authentic self. And so I, I grieve for him and I pray for him. My, some of my friends, you know, uh, when they watched the episode, um, before he even announced that, um, that he was dealing with his sexuality or sexual issues, what he was, what he called it, our uh, orientation, which we don't call, uh, you know, those terms, but, um, he, uh, my friends were hitting me up saying, he's gay. He, isn't he gay? He's gay. And I'm like, watch the episode. And they were able <laughs> to see yeah, that he is. And they were like, I knew it. Like, And so I think that he just, I pray that he has an ahu moment um, to where he can just live in his truth and, and be real. Just be real. Mm. Just, just, just be honest and be real. Well, you're a pastor and you you pastor a lot of LGBTQ people. I worry so much for the trans community as well, especially with like legally so much coming to head and so much resistance with that. Um, pastor Jason, again, in the Jubilee episode, seemed to have this certain a vendetta. vendetta, you might say, against the trans community, like really seeing that as an offense to God. How would you, like if given the opportunity, would you speak to somebody that is on that side of the aisle that was actually giving you an opportunity to speak to that? I know you've spoken about authentic self and everything. And I think, you know, it's maybe not easy with all of the legalistic doctrine that we've been given in our mm -hmm. church to say, oh, gay people can live and be gay. But I think the trans thing is even harder for some people to wrap their heads around because they're like, well, if God didn't make you that way. I keep seeing conservative Christians kind of make that argument. Why are you changing what God made? Mm -hmm. And kind of trying to use that as the argument that LGBTQ in general is an unnatural state of being. So all of that said, what would you say to someone if they were sitting across from you, if like someone like Pastor Jason was actually like, help me understand why is this not offensive to God? Why are these things not unnatural? Well, I think one of the, so there's, there's two inferences that I share with like people in my church that come and, um, and they are transgender or they are um, in their transitional stage of becoming a FTM or MTF, uh, which is a female to male or male to female. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, is that, I think the Bible is unclear in some areas. And so 
when we look at the Old Testament, there are things that we don't understand. Like the Bible says that the demons fall from heaven and they have sexual relations with the humans and we get these giants. Um, so that's, you know, something that happens that's weird for right. us to understand. <laughs> In yeah. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus talks about eunuchs. And if you study eunuchs, you'll find out that they were castrated, of course, and they were given to be a pleasure to the king, to the king. Well, that's what it says. Well, most people equate that to say that the king had them there to um, serve, to, um, you know, give service to his concubines. But the concubine, but the eunuch was also there to give service to the king. And so if the king wanted a sexual relationship with someone, he would make that person his eunuch and then he would be able to have sexual relations with them because mm -hmm. they would give themselves to the pleasure of the king. And so when we look at all of those nuances, I think that um, it's very simple for us to understand that we cannot give answers where God has not spoken, but we can love people where God has not spoken. So mm -hmm. I don't have, what I normally tell people is I don't have the answer, but I do know that John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Who, whatever that whosoever mm. translates to, if mm -hmm. it's trans, if it's white, if it's black, if it's Latino, if it's um, somebody that wants to wear a dress, somebody that wants to be androgynous, somebody that wants to have on a, have a beard and a dress, it's not my place to um, discredit them. It's my job to love them. I, I've been commissioned to love. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, amen. Yeah. I love how you answered that too, because I'm used to getting on the debate of everything and trying to prove so many things that I just deep in my spirit and my heart just know to be true. I just know it to be true that everyone is divinely created as they were made to be. And whatever someone tells you that they are, especially when you're seeing it cause like infinite amounts of pain when they're not affirmed as the person that they are, it's just, it's just too obvious for me. I'm like, we're not loving people well if we're denying them of, of who they are and their identity. And also talk about minoring in the in the majors and majoring in the majoring minors, in the minors yeah. like who cares who cares like at the end of the day what the hell are we talking about right, like right. don't don't y'all know what's going out on the world like right don't you know about the poverty and the homelessness right, and right. all of the atrocious things going on that we are supposed to be the foot soldiers of and helping right. to remedy and we're just arguing about people's sexuality what a waste right. of time Right. You know, I always tell people that me pastoring and preaching in church is secondary to me doing the work of ministry, because the true work of ministry is is the transitional home, is the is me going and helping somebody buy clothes because they don't have clothes, mm -hmm. you know, giving them shoes, allowing them to have a space to sleep. We have a guy that um, moved into our transitional home who had been homeless for eight years. Oh, and um, he had become so accustomed to living on the street that he didn't even, the first night that he slept um, in the room, he slept on the floor because he was so accustomed to sleeping on hard surfaces that he did, he couldn't, 
he had no appreciation for his bed yet. And so mm. now he's better. And to me, that's when I get to heaven, those are going to be the stars in my crown. Not that I stood up and preached this elaborate message or whatever. It's going to just be simple that I, that you love people. You love people when you didn't have to. And that's, mm. you know, that's, that's the important thing. Mm. I love your spirit and your heart so much. It really shows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For anyone who's curious, Pastor Kurt and I were trying to schedule this interview, and then he ends up apologizing to me and is like, I'm so sorry that I didn't get back to you sooner at the house that I have. There was a COVID outbreak, and you were personally handling yes. the situation, making sure yeah. everyone was safe. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but I've been speaking out a lot against this kid named Sean Foyt, who's been doing these maskless worship concerts and everything. And mm -hmm. we don't have to talk specifically about that because, frankly, I'm exhausted from it. But I'm just curious, like, how you process seeing those two different reactions from people that are both continuing to call themselves Christians and to say that they are the mouthpieces of God, they know there's like half of this camp that's saying that means we need to get together and pray and worship and God will protect us, even though we're having church services and acting and behaving irresponsibly. Um, and then there's another half of us that I'm on the end of mm -hmm. that's saying science is real. This is valid. We need to take care of each other by actually adhering to these guidelines. So, how do we process just even knowing people like that? I'm sure a lot of people have someone like that in their life that is just seeing this from a different angle. I have mm -hmm. a bit of compassion for it, knowing how much misinformation has gone out into the world. And I don't know. Sometimes I think Christians can be super vulnerable to misinformation because we're just used to trusting certain people in authority. And when they tell mm -hmm. us something, we sort of sheeple into it, you know? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, so my thoughts are the Bible says that, um, and we didn't, you didn't hear me quote Bible on uh, on the show because I, I actually prayed and God said, do not quote scripture, just speak from your heart. Oh, yeah. So that's actually what I did. But the Bible actually says that all disobedience is sin, right? And so if the Bible says that all disobedience is sin, then in Romans chapter 13, I think it is, it says to obey the laws of the land. So if you're not obeying the laws of the land, then you're being disobedient and you're not sinning. So the way that I look at it or the way that I explained it to my church members is that if they're telling us to wear a mask, wear a mask. If they're telling you you can't have church, we're not going to have church. We're going to do virtual church until they allow us the opportunity to go back into the sanctuary. Um, and so I think that at the end of the day, it's just about respecting what's in it's respecting you know what's going on in the world and if, even if we look throughout history biblically or just naturally the people that survived were the people that paid attention and so because you and i are paying attention we're going to survive but as we see the people that aren't paying attention they're the ones which there are people that are contracting COVID that are doing everything that they're supposed to do but when yeah. you have like the orange man in, that's in office, that's going to soon be out of office. Um, when you have um, him, you know, inciting all of these different things that are untrue, then it causes people 
not to pay attention. And so I think um, it's, it's super important that we pay attention because a lot of us are going to miss out on stuff because we're not paying attention. Um, the Antichrist, when the Antichrist comes, is, is, is people that believe in that, um, it says that he's going to... Um, we're, he's going to fool the very elect is what it says. And so if you're not paying attention, you're going to be fooled into something that you, <laughs> that you don't even want to be in. <laughs> well, you know, people are saying all of the things you just said about us. Like you well, can turn yeah. that on his head. You also, can. let me go ahead and play devil's advocate just because mm -hmm. um, are there not times where we do need to buck authority? And how do you recognize them? Because... I know that a lot of people's justification being an anti-masker or going to church in spite of these restrictions is saying we need to buck authority and go against the, the law of the land if it's impeding upon our religious rights, if it is, right. you know, causing harm to us as a spiritual body. You know, I know what answers I would have in, in myself. Like I wouldn't right. just lemming into doing harm to a, a vast amount of people you know you never want to think you would be one of the silent people in war that had done the wrong thing but mm -hmm. it, it feels like a madhouse sometimes like you're walking through a madhouse full of those like trick mirrors because you're yeah. like I am seeing something completely opposite to how these people are seeing it and trying to process it as wild but you, I would assume, believe there are times where we're not bowing to authority just for authority's sake. And, and those are the times when you're led by your inner self or the Holy Spirit. And um, because the Bible also says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence take it by force. So there are some things that we do have to be forceful about. Like we're for, forceful about LGBT rights and we're forceful, you know, about marriage equality. All of those are... are true things that we should be fighting for but to wear a mask is not really that important especially when what is it i think the scale was today that there are like over four thousand people a day dying in mm -hmm. just in california so when it's arbitrary being gay is not hurting anyone <laughs> exactly. so it's not it's not doing it. but but not wearing a mask is affecting not only you but it's affecting the people that are around you and so when we look at um stuff that we should fight for you have to see how what is the outcome mm -hmm. you know what is the outcome of this is that am i kicking against this just because i don't agree with it or am i kicking against this because uh, the outcome is going to be bad like you know if if we were to ble if we were to drink bleach like we were told to, we would die because right. it would damage our organs and so that that's something that you fight against. But if the doctor says drink water, I mean it's not it's not going <laughs> to hurt you and it's not it, you know it can only help you. So that's something that you should engage in. So I think that you have to use common sense and then you have to be led by you know your inner self and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's brilliant. I agree. And also, if I think about it just objectively, where are we making these decisions from? Or where are we, you know, wanting to change laws about LGBTQ rights is, is something that we're actually doing through a legal process. We're right. voting, we're getting people to go out and vote. So it's not even that we're forcing it. We're not having some insurrection or some sort of thing to 
to fully go against government. No one's doing like illegal gay marriages. You know, it's, it's been a very, from what I can see, respectful, way too patient of a process to get equal rights in this country for people in that, you know, LGBTQ community. And then if you look at the mask thing, that's coming from a place of fear. Like I fight for my LGBTQ brothers and sisters out of love. Right. If you are, if you're saying, oh no, if I hypothetically wear this mask and hypothetically that means 12 steps down the road, suddenly going to church is illegal for the rest of time and, and right. Christians are hung from trees. Right. It's like, okay, but where, where did that thought process originate from? Fear. Not right. love, like not, not love, love of your brothers and sisters. Yeah. There's no, there's no, po there's no positive or gestured outcome from that other than to try to suppress someone. Where yeah. they're not suppressing us by telling us to wear a mask, they're trying to keep us safe. They're not suppressing us by telling us not to go to church because it is an incubator space. Because people um, that go to church, we hug on each other, we speak in close contact. Mm -hmm. We all, we're all in the church chanting and 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 singing and doing just different things. And so it makes sense. Um, and so yeah. I think that, that sometimes we go so deep that we, that there's Start no to need. drown. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're so deep that you're drown you've drowned in the thought of something that you don't even remember. Like, even like um, the people that um, attacked the Capitol just the other day. Well, if you watch the news, the people that attacked just the, <laughs> oh, the people that attacked the Capitol, um, the when they did the interviews with them, none of them could give a clear response as to why they why oh. they're fighting. And so you're like, okay, so are you just fighting because Trump told you to, or or like what's the end game here? Like, and what's the let's look at what the true factor and all that is related you know, to it. And so I think that, yeah, it's just, just weird. Um, the way yeah. that sometimes the way that um, people, people think bad about good stuff and good about bad stuff. Yeah. It's funny too, because I know the accusation so often is that liberals or progressives want to take away rights of Christian people. There's this fear that they won't be respected anymore if they, succumb to certain things or mm -hmm. laws that are in place right now but um ironically like our fight to have equal rights as liberals and as progressives would only ultimately serve for the benefit of conservatives because if i found out that going to a church service was illegal and you know it was starting to become outlawed across america i would be in the streets alongside of my conservative brothers and sisters fighting against that yeah. And, you know, if you go on the path of misinformation, too, there's a lie that infanticide, which is like ha killing a baby after it's already been born or in the very late stages of pregnancy, that liberals are trying to make that legal or it is already legal in certain places. Mm -hmm. It absolutely isn't. But again, that's another cause that I would be out in the streets losing my head over and again, marching with my brothers and sisters, the right. conservative crew against. So it's like. I don't know why they don't see that we are actually on the side of equal rights, which means your equal rights too. And you're not going to be left out of that fight. Like it is for everyone. This yeah. is equality for all. Um, 
Are you comfortable talking about skin color and yeah. that conversation in church? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm just curious what you see the role of maybe particularly a white evangelical church is in this current day because me and a lot of other people in the progressive space has been disappointed to see churches either in denial saying there's no such thing as white supremacy and there's in this nation or it's very small group or specifically there's no such thing as um, systemic oppression in the police force in our churches um, and it, that's just been really disappointing. And I just want them to look at it. I just want them to start listening, open their ears, open their, their spirits, and actually hear what people outside of their own experience are saying about these things. Mm-hmm. So I know step one is listening. But from your perspective, what are the steps that need to happen? And then for us advocating from the outside or the inside, wherever we are, how can we help? move that forward without causing further just anger and hate among, you know, the Christian communities? Well, I think, so there's two things that you, that we have to realize. The first one is, is that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were always there. They were always there attacking Jesus, trying to figure out how they could pull the carpet from under his feet for all of the things that he were, that he was doing. And then when you, um, but he endured that. But then when you get to the, um, to Acts and you deal with Saul who changes his name to Paul, um, he was, he was a persecutor of Christians. Mm -hmm. So, and it took him having a true experience, Damascus Road, Jesus experience, for him to change his views. And so I think that um, mm. with with all of the things that are happening, it's just that we just have to reintroduce Jesus to people. Mm. And the way that we reintroduce Jesus to people is just by emulating Jesus as, we, as we're doing. And there are always gonna be skeptics. There are always gonna be people who say that we shouldn't be there. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are always gonna be there. But right. our role is to enter, is to just to emulate Jesus. That's it. And it doesn't matter if they're, you know, it doesn't matter if we sit on a show and they're demon, demon and damning us to hell because <laughs> yeah. we, because, because we're emulating Jesus. They deemed and damned him to a cross. And I think there's a scripture. I know that there's a scripture. I'm just saying, I think, but there's a scripture that says um, that we all have a cross to bear. Mm-hmm. So, our cross may be enduring all of this and just pressurizing ourselves through it. And, you know, cause they're always going to be there. Now we don't have to, we can sit at the table with them, but, but we don't have to eat their food. And Daniel shows us that in the old Testament, he didn't eat the King's meat. We don't have to eat their food, but we can sit at the table with them and reason with them as long as they're reasoning. But if they're not, then, we're supposed to get up from that table and go on and finish doing the stuff that God has called us to do. Shake the dust from our feet, leave it as a testimony and just keep it pushing. That's, that's our responsibility. So my, my things to tell us to do would be not to focus on the warts or the people that are, that are trying to, to do bad stuff to us, 
but to and to continue to show people Jesus. That's it. Just show people Jesus. If we could get people back to Jesus and not religion and are being religious, because that's that's their problem. Their problem is they're being religious. Yeah. And we're not called to be religious. We're called to be Christ-like. So mm. if we get back to being Christ-like, then all you know, when people talk about me from this the show that we did. I got like 80 or 90 or 100 positive messages. But yeah. baby, you best believe that with all the positive <laughs> messages I got, I got a whole cohort of people that damned me to hell, told me I need to ch- close my church, that I'm a sinner, that mm-hmm. I need to divorce my husband, you know, all of those things. But the reality is my job is to keep it pushing and to show people God's love because God is great. okay bye everybody (laughs) beautiful you are a preacher Uh... (laughs) um that's beautiful and I think it's so difficult like I was talking the other day on my stories about mirror neurons and it's not to make an excuse for bad behavior but when you have something come at you it's really hard not to mirror that back and immediately go into fight or flight or condescend back or clap back in some way and I definitely don't believe by any measure we need to roll over but that old stupid bracelet WWJD yeah (laughs) it's like you know what wouldn't be happening and and I think you know especially when you've been on a deconstruction journey or especially when you're in a group that has been systematically oppressed you know how to keep it moving. You know how to have grace because you've had to have so much grace for other people. And when I hear about LGBTQ divinity and just the concept that we all have divinity imprinted in us, I often think how many of the people in that space, all you all are leading the way with grace and with compassion because if you can survive every ounce of hatred, every ounce of vitriol that you've received, then you must know grace and compassion more than a great deal of other people. Yeah, and therefore, yeah. you know how to give it back. And, and you know, Jesus was shady. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you know, if you, really, if you really read about Jesus, he was a shady character. Like, when people... Explain. When... when <laughs> You know, when the, so when, when he healed somebody on the Sabbath, which was the rule, you could not, you not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. Well, he healed a man on the Sabbath. The man, um, the man, the man, he tells the man, take up your bed and walk. The man has his bed and he's excited about his healing. And here comes the Pharisees and the Sadducees. (laughs) You're not supposed to be carrying, who who told you to, to carry that bed on the Sunday? And he said, well, Jesus did. And then they go and they attack Jesus. And Jesus crunches them with a parable. He crunches them with different things. And he, he really spills their tea. Even uh, one of my favorite passages <laughs> of scripture, which is the, um, the woman who committed adultery, because they come at Jesus attacking him. And he says, wait a minute. Let me show you how Jesus and connected to God I am. And the Bible says that he begins to write in the sand. And we don't know what he wrote. Because the text doesn't say that, but it does say that, that every that everybody that had their rocks that was going to persecute the woman 
they dropped those rocks and they walked away. Why? Because they had an authentic moment with Jesus where they had mm. to be truthful and they mm. had to see God for who he, see themselves for who they really, really were. That they are, that we are sinful, all of us. We're all, the Bible says that, that we're all um, like filthy rags. It don't matter how clean you try to get yourself, you're still nothing but a filthy rag until you have the blood of Jesus covering you. And so we're all covered in the blood of Jesus. And so it doesn't, we don't have to see stuff the same way, but we do all have to walk the same path. And that, mm -hmm. that's what's important. That's why people can come and stay at our house. It doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, you know, um, indifferent or whatever, you know, you can come there and stay. We don't have like, oh, you're, you're not gay? You can't stay here. Oh my God, no, we don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. accept straight people. No, mm -hmm. we accept everybody. But on the flip side of that, yeah, there are gay people that will go to straight environments and they're not accepted. And that's mm -hmm. because the the reason why is because those people have an issue with themselves. It has we 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 we're good. We're yeah. free. You know, um we you know, we ride it. We um <laughs> Marsha P. Johnson um set it off for us. And we've been on the road to victory ever since. So <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I love that story of him writing in the sand because it kind of brings up for me like what the spirit keeps telling me is to ask people questions. Or even if someone is freaking out at you, like the question really is, Are you okay? Like, are you okay? Yeah. What's going on with you? Yeah. And you know, I think so often, especially when we're growing up in, in religious environments, we're placing so much on ourselves. And you definitely do have to do inward work, obviously. But oftentimes when someone is attacking you or coming at you with problems, it's what's bubbling up inside of them. It's about them. You imagine yeah. that everyone holding those stones to cast them at that woman had all myriad of their own stuff going on that made them that angry, that made them want to throw those stones. Yeah. It's like almost a self-punishing thing. And then as soon as you hold a mirror up to somebody, and even in the best, most loving way, say, are you okay? What's going on with you? <laughs> yeah. That's my, my, really what it comes down to. My mom, or my mom says that there are three types of people when it comes to stuff like that. You have people that did it. You have people that are doing it. And you have people that want to do it. And so out yeah. of those three areas, <laughs> that's the reason why people get mad, either because they did it and they got caught and they want you to get caught yeah. or they're doing it and they want to reflect away from themselves yeah. or they want to do it. And since you got to do it first, they're mad at you. And so <laughs> you have to be careful of those kind of people. Yeah, my friend uh, Alexis G. Zoll, I interviewed her one time, and it's great because she's just a queer girl who hasn't had all of the horrible Christian church experiences that a lot of us have, so I got to kind of educate her on the trauma and turmoil that we've suffered in evangelicalism, and um, she just was like, you know, if you're thinking about gay sex that much... I think you want to have gay sex. There it and is. I'm like, 
I'm like, you know, I'm pretty dang straight and I've never once been screaming at the top of my lungs or furiously commenting about gay sex. It's not on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and and I have compassion for that too. I think that another helpful tip for anyone is just imagining that that person is also potentially suffering under whatever yeah. whatever they're in. You yeah. know, I don't want to say They're bound about- by something. Something has yeah. been bound. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. why so many people's hearts went out to Angel to swing it back to the beginning with Jubilee. Yeah. Um and he's bound. This... Yeah. And I don't want to sit here and like I do want to give grace or space for someone to say, Oh no, I'm living this lifestyle and I actually yeah. have... oh, did I disappear? Well the Um, you know, if someone is like, Hey, I have full full peace about this I... I, I'll allow that, of course, because I want that respect in return. Um, yeah. But it's so often not the case. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think that you can identify, you can self-identify with somebody that's just like you. And when you capture that connection with somebody, it's kind of hard for you to... Um, you can not hard you can see right through their crap to know Mm -hmm. that what they're saying is really not what they want and so then you have to kind of guide them like people come in and go through counseling with me when they're trying to figure out their sexuality and their spirituality and i have to guide Mm -hmm. them through all of the stuff that they were told that's not true i have to guide them because it's like well yeah, this and then that and then no, no, no. Erase all of that. And it takes you some time to erase it or to get it out of your mind to where you're okay with you. And yeah. I think that um, for anybody that's watching us or whatever, um, you know, if, you, if you're in a predicament where you're struggling in an area that you know is you, then just be you. Like, there's no reason for you... Mm-hmm. To work at McDonald's when you know that you're called to drive Uber. I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> you know, don't work at McDonald's. Why are you stressing yourself out going to McDonald's every day when you know you feel better driving Uber? Drive for Uber. Yeah. It, it, they're both productive. They're both not harming anything. Now, if it's harmful, then, you know, maybe we need to talk about it. But if it's not harmful and it's being, it's a productive environment, then that's, then that's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the best encouragement I can give is to get into affirming spaces like your church because, to your point, people... there you go. I'll just I'll the pen in there. <laughs> <laughs> I will link it all below. Trust me. Okay. Um, but get in affirming spaces because even if you're just an ally, you know, I will I will not engage in any non-affirming churches ever again, unless I'm there as a guest or something, like trying to make some sort of change to it. But yeah. um, it usually does have to be reiterated over and over again that you are divinely created, that you're, you're not only okay, but you're allowed to be free in your yeah. sexuality. And, and it's, it's very precious because I think people don't let go of that doctrine so easily, not because they want to be chained up by this theology, but because so many of us are earnest seekers, you know, we're afraid to let go of something that we've believed to be true because we associate it with God being pleased with us and with us being in God's favor. So 
it really does take a journey to get out of toxic theology and into full affirmation but i know you can get there i got there you obviously got there (laughs) yeah and it's and it's and you have to realize that it's a process um it's a process that you have to be willing it's a journey that you have to be willing to take because you learning everything that we learned in traditional church was a journey we didn't just yeah. learn it like that it was it was it was over time and so it's going to take time for you to unlearn you know some of the stuff that you that you learned and that's okay and you have to be okay with going on that journey yeah and i think maybe to top it off like one of the most profound simple things you said as you were challenged in the jubilee episode about unnatural relations, how the scripture says you should not have unnatural relations. And you just pointed out it would be unnatural for you to have relations with a woman because your natural affection is for a man. I thought that was a really powerful, quite simple rebuttal to that idea. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a documentary, it's called A Fish Out of Water. And I don't know if I made reference to that while we were there, but there's a documentary called A Fish Out of Water that really goes into detail explaining the six or seven scriptures that people use um, to demonize sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that that's, that's a great um, tool for people to look at because you, um, it's like uh, when I was growing up, uh, reading Rainbow. Do you remember reading Rainbow? Yeah, yeah. Um, how Lavelle, Lavar, whatever his name was, he would say, "Don't take <laughs> my word for it. Um, it's in a book." Um, so <laughs> I'm so I'm constantly telling people, "Don't take my word for it. Like, actually, go back and and read and study and look and see what what it really says. What words? What the context of words mean? Because a lot of people get caught up in the context of of the words that we use now but the and way the way that, their pastor just yeah, said it the way that yeah. they said it they don't ever mm-hmm. they can't tell you where it said they don't open the bible and read it or anything you know yeah. um one of my funniest scriptures and i always uh say this is there's a scripture and I, I wish i could remember where it is i have to look it up um and tell you but there's a scripture and it's in like mark or it's in one of the synoptic gospels and it says um one of my pastor friends makes a joke and he says the way the reason i know that i'm okay being gay is because in this scripture it says that there will be two men in two men in a bed one will be taken and the other one left and i, I have to find the scripture <laughs> but it's just like a joke you know because the bible mm-hmm. actually, it actually says that there will be two men in a bed one will be taken and the other one left so it's like I missed okay. that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, look it up and send it to you. But um, just funny. And then the other thing is, is that um, everybody uses Jonathan's love for David, or David's love for Jonathan, and it says mm. that he he loved Jonathan far more than um, that that he would have love for a woman. Well, what does that mean if we're looking at it in just the regular context? That means that he had some sexual thoughts about Jonathan. Right. And I'm not, you know, when you look at it from that context, like, why would they, they could have made reference to anything else. They could have said he had more love for Jonathan than he had for his brothers. 
he had right. more love for Jonathan than he had for his father. But no, they said he had love for Jonathan far more better than that love of a woman. Well, what does that mean? Because I know I love my husband. And I know I love mm. him more than I love my mama. I know that I love him more than I love my dad. And, and well, I tried do... to steal you away, and it didn't even work. <laughs> it didn't even work. <laughs> I tried to slide in the DMs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. Uh, it's, 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 it's weird. It's crazy. But we still love people. At the end of yeah. the day, you know, we still, we still love people. We still yeah. Love people. I know. I often just wonder how many people, if just haven't been given a translation of the Bible, they could understand what our conclusions would have been had they not been swayed in particular directions. Like, I feel like anyone with logic would read that verse and be like, oh, so being gay is totally fine. It's in the Bible. <laughs> but we're told it's like salacious. We're not even, never even, we don't know where that story even is. Like, I couldn't reference it quickly for you. Do you have any final thoughts, Pastor Kurt? This has been such a beautiful conversation. Um, you know, I just, I really, I appreciate you having this conversation with me. Uh, I appreciate everyone, the 50 or some odd people that have been um, listening to us talk for the last 30 or 40 minutes. Yes, um, love you and, guys. You know, I just, I just want everybody to know to be your authentic self. The reason why um, I started Renewed was because somebody told me that I couldn't be me. Mm. And, um, and God showed me that I could. And then he said, you know what, I want you to create a place, you know, where people can come to a spot and be renewed and they can be changed and that they could be, you know, encouraged um, not to die, not to commit suicide, not to do all of the things that, you know, it doesn't matter if you got kicked out from your family Hey, come on! We're 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 your we're your new family, and I know it may be hard and difficult for you to yeah. um, to process, but we're here to sit here and process and cry with you. That's our whole purpose. So it doesn't matter um, where we are or what people say about us. Um, you know, we just have to do what we what we're called to do. We have to do do what we're doing and just keep pushing forward. That's that's what we're called to do is to push forward. I, and I. One of the things I wish that we would do as um, as gay people at large is galvanize together more. You know, Black Lives Matter comes together. Um, Q9 comes together. <laughs> um, all of these different things um, come together. All these different entities come together. But I would love to see, not just during Pride, but showing up. Yeah, I was going to say, haven't heard of a Pride parade? <laughs> yeah, I'm not just during Pride. I'm saying showing up when stuff matters showing up when 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 stuff really matters to where we have we show up and we say we are the voice the voice is standing here not that we have a voice but we are the voice the voice is standing here so if i could encourage everybody um that's that's what i would encourage them to do mm, beautiful thank you for all that affirming encouragement for everybody thank you so much for everyone who joined us um please let everyone know where they can find you again thank you so much for the beautiful work you're doing at mama's house oh thank you i'd love to visit it as soon as covid is yeah you definitely um as soon as covid is over we can definitely have you to come and visit i want to do like a a um question and answer at my church 
oh. um, with you as well. So I think that that would be fine. <laughs> yeah. But the scripture that I referenced, because I looked it up really quick, is Luke 17 and 34, where it says that there will be two men in the bed at night, one will be taking another one left. Um, okay, just, just so that um, people will know where that's at. Um, and if you want to um, to connect with me, of course, it's um, at renewed underscore man here on Instagram. You can find me at Pastor Kurt D. Thomas. Um, and I actually, my legal name is Sims Thomas, but I, I go by um, Kurt D. Thomas on Facebook. Um, or you can like the Renewed Church of Los Angeles, uh, where we post services and stuff like that, because we're doing virtual church right now. Um, mm. If you're interested in, um, I don't know, um, donating something to Mama's House, we always need... Um, toiletries um mm. we always need blankets and stuff like that and right now people are just sending um financial gifts so if anybody wants to send a, a financial gift um to for mama's house so that we can continue to help the people that we help um then they can do it by cash app and it's the money sign renewed the money sign renewed r-e-n-e-w-e-d um and we would appreciate it um and other than that <laughs> I appreciate you so very much. You have an iPhone? Yeah. Why? Okay. Nothing. I'm going to send you a <laughs> gift. You have to send me your address. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not right now. <laughs> All right. I love you, Pastor Kurt. I love so you, too. So blessed to know you. Olivia, if you see this, we love you, too. And Angel and Jason. And oh, no, I'm blanking on... The last girl's and name, Claire. Claire, something like that. I, yeah, something like that. Love everyone. So are, in that room. are we taking questions? We're, we can take a few questions if you want. I thought we were we going to take questions or no? Oh, that's. I don't want to be a liar. You're right. I did say that. We can no, we don't have questions, to. Uh, no, no, we want... can. We might as well. The sun is setting, so as oh, soon okay. as it sets, I'll be in the dark. But we can take okay. some beforehand. Well, let's let's take three questions then. Perfect. You're I don't such know a leader. I love it. I'm just going to kick back. <laughs> well, I don't even know how it works. So you, they have to send you a question or something like that? Can you see the comment section? Uh, I can, yeah. Uh, there's a question. What do y'all think about hell? Um, so my thoughts about hell, I think that hell is real. And I think that people that... Um, people that do not have pure hearts are going to find them safe themselves in a state of hell and those those of us that um, have um hearts that god is using or hearts that god is fixing because we're not pure yet um i think that um that we'll ultimately see um jesus one day mm. okay that is Pastor Kurt's answer, everyone. Yeah. I don't even have time to get in my answer. My answer ah! is so <laughs> um, Let's see. Um, opinion on evolution. These are like big questions. Yeah, come on. Give us something simple. <laughs> um, well, what is the... I, what is the that's too long. Domination? I, so we are... Um, we are we belong to the United Progressive Pentecostal Church Fellowship, so, uh, but we're non-denominational. So, okay. so we are affiliated with an organization. Yeah, so we, we, we hand clapping, speaking in tongues, 
<laughs> church. Fun church. Those, okay. You know, that's what people say. Yeah. There you go. Um, and let's end with a very important one, arguably. As someone who's already been suicidal for years, how do you survive in a homophobic, transphobic community and households? I think that's really pertinent because a lot of yeah. us are still in lockdown. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a hard question to answer. Um, I think that uh, whoever that is, um, I think that you you need to find someone um, that can help encourage the inner you while you're in that environment because being in an environment like that depletes you. And so I mm. think you need somebody that you can call or um, you can inbox either myself or Brandon, um, you know, just somebody that can encourage you, you know, to, um, you know, while you're in that environment. And then, you know, we probably need to look at some ways to get you out of that environment um, mm. so that you can be a more healthier you. Um, and whatever that looks like, you may not, you could be, I don't know how old you are. You might be like a little, um, you know, a teenager or a child to where you can't move out, but we can offer you like resources and stuff to kind of help build up the person that you are. That would mm. be my answer. Quick answer. Okay. Could they message you in your DMs? They can. If whoever that is, I don't, um, is it um, Lesbian Cherry Bomb? Is that, mm -hmm. is that who it is? Yeah, you yeah. can um, hit me in my DM. <laughs> No, in my DM, and I'll be more than happy to um, to give you some resources or connect you even to some of the ministers at my church um, that um, can help with that. Yeah. And Hannah Muart, thank you. She just says, if you're, um, you can probably find an internet support system if you can't find the in-person friends. And I completely agree true. with that too. Like Pastor Kurt, your renewed church is mm -hmm. an online service but resource, it is affirming yeah. it's a resource god is great community obviously affirms you 100 percent, and people are so communicative in the comments and i'm sure there are ways to develop relationship with people online that that will affirm you and help you feel not alone and life yeah. is long and it won't be like this forever i know it so won't. many lgbtq people say it gets easier it gets easier because you do you get older you get more independent and you don't give a damn there you go <laughs> you're just like <laughs> in your skin and yeah you, just, yeah. you don't but care we'll you help just, you get there yeah well yeah. and i love whoever that is just i just want you to know and i'm i'm gonna um even be in um you know, in my private prayer times, I'm going to be praying for you that God will um, give you the strength and the, you know, the capacity of, of peace that you need to deal with the situation. Um, I've dealt and had some instances where I had to live through that. And mm -hmm. I know that it can be very difficult, but in the end, you can make it. You just got to keep going. You got to get up, dust yourself off and keep going. Just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone ever wants a list of recommended reading resources, you can just email godisgrayxo at gmail.com. And my automatic reply has affirming resources, um, sex positive resources, theological resources. So okay, awesome. education and community, I think, are key. This is true. <laughs> this is true. All right. Um. We're losing sun. 
it's so All good right. to see you though. It's so good <laughs> to see you again too. Um hug your family and um and thank everybody for thank you for having me on and letting me uh participate with you on this evening and I hope um that it helps somebody the stuff that mm. we um did. A lot of people are saying I'm the guy that was on Ju on Jubilee. Yeah, we were on Jubilee together. Um <laughs> and so <laughs> y'all are late. Um, but, we, um, <laughs> but um, thank you for just for having me on. I appreciate it so very much. Of course. We can always revisit, too. I'm going to save a live. It's going up on YouTube. Love you all. Love you, Pastor. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Bye.